So you need a human brain to direct AI, using AI as a as a tool, as an instrument to get to the next step. But it's a you have to know at each step how to best deploy AI to leverage it for your for your benefit. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations to take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. To help make sense of these subjects, we'll sit down with thought leaders and do what we do best at the Conference Board, provide trusted insights for what's ahead. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this podcast series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss the impact of artificial intelligence, or AI, on marketing communications. We surveyed professionals in these fields and found that AI is already boosting productivity, it's already being used, and it's already having an impact. But will that impact be positive on creativity and work quality? So joining me today to discuss that is Denise Dahlhoff, a senior researcher here at the conference board. Denise, welcome. Great to be here, Steve. So, Denise, you recently did this study regarding AI and the impact on marketing and communications. And you, of course, are a marketing and communications expert with a PhD in the subject and having taught at universities, and you've forgotten more than the rest of us know. But tell us about the study that you did and uh, and overall, how was it put together and who did you talk to and so forth? Sure. So we interviewed almost 300 marketing and communications professionals online on their current use of AI, as well as the impact they anticipate on their profession and also their concerns about using AI. And since marketers and communicators are so central to organizations, this is a really, this was a very important study to understand what these professionals think, because after all, marketers help with uh, revenue and growth and communicators are in touch with all stakeholders. So really important uh, to understand what's on their mind regarding AI and their use of it. Great. And we got lots of really interesting feedback on this. Not all of it, um, you know, was expected. So, you know, first of all, let's start with, uh, you know, the use of AI. And, you know, you talked to the senior level marketers as well as um, more junior level. And it turns out that less senior levels are currently making more use than more senior levels. Did I get that right? That's exactly correct. So keep in mind that AI has been used in marketing for a long time. For example, for personalized uh, ads, for example, or personalized offers or recommendations for products that somebody with a certain purchase record might like, as well as in customer service. You know, we all know the customer service robots that help us, you know, figure out or resolve issues that we have. So those junior marketers probably have been immersed in AI for these executional marketing applications for a while. For the senior marketers, they are probably now getting more involved in the generative AI part of things. And so that's probably new, that's new and that reflects in our data because this population, the segment of marketers is currently using AI less. Okay, so that's a really good point. So you're saying that you know the the basic executional stuff 
you know, the the robots, the chatbots, those kind of, I hate those things, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have no sense of humor, Denise. It's it's really hard to t- to uh, reason with them. But you're saying they that will. the ex- <laughs> they will in the future. <laughs> then I'm going to be afraid of them. So the uh, you're saying the basic stuff has been happening, and that really is uh, the lowest form of AI. But now we're using a higher form uh, of AI, which is more strategic and more communications driven. Yeah. That's right. So, for example, um, thinking of generating content or even helping with strategy development, like if you think of AI as a superpower in analytics, so you for strategy, you can analyze your, your three C's, your company, what you're doing, your customers and your competitors. So to really figure out where your place in the market might be to do predictive um, AI modeling. So for all those more, you know, the the bigger strategic questions, AI may be really valuable in the future. Well, so if you think of AI on this continuum from, you know, basic machine learning, you know, the, the routine kind of stuff that you described all the way up to sentience, which is where they are really, you know, replicating or supposedly replicating human thought, which is not here yet. Where do you think the marketers are on the continuum? Definitely very developed already on the on the more basic executional stuff. And I think now moving toward the you know upper end. And I think the junior marketers' expertise in the area really puts this profession in a position to help shape the developments and to also re- reverse mentor more senior colleagues that are newer to this AI area, especially as generative AI comes up where the junior marketers are also still um, trying to understand and learn what that all means, uh, including for their business and also for their own jobs. So as you think about marketing and, you know, and communications and all the, you know, the various places that AI could be used, where are they not being used today? So interestingly enough, what we saw in our research is what it's not used as much for yet is for new product development, for example, as well as for running social media programs. And probably the reason is that that still requires a lot of human judgment, knowledge of the field. Uh, you, You can't put it on autopilot, right? However, AI can be used for as a an assistant in all of these things. For example, for innovation, doing research as you direct your AI assistant and you know look for information, do your research as input for innovation, that's helpful. It's, it's also for social media programs because you can monitor sentiment on social media, which again is input for your communication. So again, as a tool, you can use it, but it's not a full package, a full-blown solution yet for to run these fairly strategic um, elements of, of marketing on their own. But you you mentioned that uh, that AI is being used to help productivity, but that it also has the potential for uh, use in in uh, strategic uh, input. How so? Or strategy development, I guess. How would you think? I'm just trying to think, you know, when you're writing a marketing strategy, you're talking about what positioning, you're talking about, you know, communication uh, objectives and so forth. How does AI help in strategy development? 
So specifically, I think on the um, it can really help on the analytics part, analyzing your competition, your customers, your even your own actions. Think about complex pricing, right? You have so many customers and so many discounts and and conditions. So even to analyze that, also to put that in context with the trends in the market to to predict how certain strategies um, might be developing, doing some uh, AI-based scenario planning, for example. Um, also to identify holes in the market um, for innovation. That might be another uh, way that AI can support strategy development. Okay, so you're saying that there's, you know, in, in strategy development, there's a lot of quantitative uh, kind of analysis that can be done. And, and and so AI can be deployed to, for that quantitative analysis, essentially. For sure, for sure, yes. But you said not it's not being used in new products. Is that because new products are more qualitative and more judgmental uh, versus quantitative? I think, you know, new product development is probably an iterative uh, process. So you need a human brain to direct AI. So AI has a place there, and we have already heard now AI getting involved in drug development, for example. But certainly there are scientists involved in that. And again, using AI as a as a tool, as an instrument to get to the next step. But it's a you have to know at each step how to best deploy AI to leverage it for your for your benefit. So I think it's. It's not running on autopilot, which, by the way, is a good thing, too, because it helps you keep differentiated, right? If everybody had the same tool, and where would we end up in a few years, right? Everybody would do the same. So it's good to have this human intelligence coupled with AI to still be differentiated and and be novel and innovative. You know, you're, that's a really good point, because I think when people think about AI, they think about this black box, you know, where you just you you put in a lot of the ingredients and then out pops this, the answer. Um, and, and so what you're saying is that, no, it's not exactly like that. It's like um, cooking in the kitchen. You know, you have tools and, and so forth. And uh, and you use those tools to enhance the, you know, but. The, by the way, this metaphor will break down very quickly, but you use the tools to complete the recipe, you know, or, so it's it's not a just, you know, plug and play or a black box or this, you know, magical, mystical thing. Exactly. And I think every company needs their own, can even put their own brand DNA footprint on how the use of AI, right? Using it in line with all their positioning and what the brand stands for and so forth. And on your metaphor of food, by the way, I have thought about that too, because now we're talking about, you know, scale processes and, you know, a lot of uh, processing of data. So you might think this is all like generic kind of solutions. Think of food, right? The industrial food production, where also food is produced at scale. So I could see there be at some point, a, not a backlash, but a going back to the roots, sort of the slow slow creativity, right? The human intelligence without machines maybe uh, developing something something novel and even making it special and, and designating it, is, it as, as that. So let's go back to productivity. And uh, because you did mention that it's being used a lot there. Um, you know, I guess the productivity has a lot of pieces to it. But uh, 
Um, two of them are quality and, and creativity. Talk about AI's use on on um, on quality and and on separately on on uh, creativity. Yeah, so that's it's a really good point on on productivity. That's by by far the biggest uh, benefit that we are seeing right now that marketers and and communicators are, are seeing because of this processing of vast amounts of information. Um, also doing the legwork, doing research, creating content really fast. So that's where the creative part comes in, in the generating content, right? It could be text, it could be a press release, it could be writing a speech, it can be creating images, uh, maybe input for marketing campaigns. So that's where the, the creative uh, part comes in of AI. Yeah, okay, so that's the generative AI where it's it's generating either text or or as you said images or you know artwork or you know some some generate some generation of of content that can be used and and so you see people i you know using it to write books write music you know develop art and and so you know all of those kinds of tools are what you think of with marketing Yes, and there are you know lots of uses, of course, in marketing and as well as in communications. Because keep in mind, communicators communicate with all kinds of stakeholders, from employees to investors to the general public and media, right? So, yes, there is a lot of um, there are a lot of applications where marketers can use it, but there are also currently still a lot of questions and a lot of. Uh, risks in using that, including, you know, IP rights and, you know, maybe bad information that goes into into AI. So lots of things still to figure out. Yeah. So that creativity side is really exciting. And, uh, you know, with the advent of generative AI, you know, you can finally get that. Whereas, whereas before it was just basically machine, machine learning and, you know, predictive output. It was It was more like, you know, advanced algorithms rather than you know, truly taking this these language models and and being able to to write some unique stuff. But in the back to productivity, it um, you know you can you, you know in, in a supply chain world. I know we're talking marketing, but in a supply chain world or a manufacturing world or a process world, you can measure you can measure productivity typically on certain on certain outputs. How would how would you use AI to to measure productivity? Well, that's a that's a good question. I think the you know measuring AI's uh, you know help in in being more productive. You can think of both the quantity and quality, right? So maybe measuring process um, speeds. You know how, how many how fast does it take? How, how fast can you write a press release, right? How many people do you need? But also on the outcome, like if you have had outcome variables, like you know, is ultimately, are your sales go getting better because you're using AI or is your awareness getting better? Is your reputation getting better? Those would be metrics that you could use to, um, to measure how AI is actually helping your productivity ultimately. Yeah. And also campaigns and different keywords that, that you use headlines, you know, if you vary a headline one way or the other, how do you, you know, it, you know, measures, Basically, first of all, it would be predictive in, in terms of which one should work best and then measure the outcome of them to try to make your marketing dollars work and communications dollars work harder for you, right? 
Sure, sure. That's that's sure you can do all these tests and have AI help you figure out what's you know which way to go. Yeah, great. Okay, so we've discussed uh, a little bit about AI and marketing communications. Next, we're going to deep dig deeper on the survey. We're going to take a short break. Be right back. Are you ready to transform your business and stay ahead of the competition? Artificial intelligence is quietly reshaping the global economy, optimizing manufacturing processes, and transforming how users interact with popular platforms. Harnessing the power of AI can exponentially enhance your business's effectiveness and efficiency. However, navigating the risks associated with this transformative technology is critical. Privacy, integrity, the economy, and humanity are all at stake. That's why the Conference Board is your go-to resource for the expertise and foresight you need to leverage AI to its fullest potential and make strategic moves that propel your business forward. Unlock the possibilities AI offers your business. Visit tcb.org AI today to access trusted insights for what's ahead and guidance on navigating the AI transformation. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Dr. Denise Dahlhoff from our Marketing Communications Center. All right, Denise, so back to AI. We've got you know senior and junior communicators fairly aligned on their um, on most of their opinions. They they're anticipating more positive quality and the creativity um, effects, as we discussed earlier. Um, but they they do have you know, they do think that there are more positives than negatives, but there are both, right? So talk about, uh, you know, what you saw in the study from uh, people's view of what the positives are and what the potential negatives are. Yes, absolutely. So overall, there is more positive uh, anticipation about the the benefits of AI and communications. And when you think about it, what, you, what we have seen in previous research is that m- measuring like any metrics of performance of, of communications is one of the key issues in communications. And now AI comes along, right? It's a, it's a great tool to process sentiment out there about the company by different stakeholders. So it's a huge help for communicators to keep uh, track of reputation about a company or brand out there. So, you know, it's easy to understand why communicators feel positive about AI. On the other hand, there's also some, you know, negative sentiment or maybe not knowing exactly what's going on, some uncertainty because will creativity maybe suffer when, again, everybody uses maybe the same machine, will there be you know, a lot of uh, novel stuff coming out of it and will there be differentiation? So some, you know, less, some more critical voices maybe, but overall positive. You know, there's a lot of of effort that goes into advertising campaigns. Now, you know, when you say that, you think television mostly, but, you know, it's all media. It's television, radio, it's social, it's... um, you know, it's digital and so forth, but you've got all these agencies and you've got creative people and, oh, it's just, you know, there's so much expense and and overhead in that. I mean, do you see a day where you just, you know, you plug some variables of your, of your product or your brand or, you know, what you're trying to communicate, you just plug it in and, and boom, out pops a creative ad campaign? When, 
I don't think that. So I, I don't think it's going to be a full-blown solution. I do think it still requires this uh, the collaborator, right? The hu a human being that is an expert in the field and can direct AI to certain areas or you know what they are what they have in mind. I also think AI is a, a great inspirer of ideas, right? It's like a brainstorming session. You converse with the AI system and you as a creative person get new ideas. And in addition, all this data processing by the AI system frees up your mental space to not have to go through that, right? Do all the research so your brain is maybe fresher to generate new ideas. So I would see it as a partner in helping you develop your campaign, but not spit out the full solution. Okay. Now, another aspect of the marketing mix, you know, going going back to uh, to basic marketing 101 is price. And so as you think about, you know, products or your service and so forth, it sure seems like AI could help a lot with optimization of pricing. Absolutely. You know, pricing is, as you well know, Steve, it's such a complex field, especially when you deal with so many. Now we have so much customization, right? Even for individual consumers, we all get different offers and and uh, and ads served. And that is also in the business, like in the B2B world, there are different conditions. So to figure out what the optimal pricing is, also considering prices of competitors and the dynamic prices of, of all of these different uh, players, that will be a huge help. Well, you know, it, it, it also technically, you know, if you were really, really good at this, you should price what to, the, to what the market would bear, but the market could be the market of one. And so, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if you could use AI to figure out, well, Denise is willing to pay, you know, $10 for this item, whereas Steve, he's he's really a cheapskate. He's only willing to pay five. So you know, if you know, why price it at seven fifty and and you know lose one and and get one, but leave money on the table. So there's this this whole theoretical notion that you should be able to you know to price to the level of what people are willing to pay. So if you really knew that customer, if you had enough data on it, it seems like AI could uh, could play a big role here in customized pricing. Absolutely. Like this hyper personalization, I think that is going to be one of the, you know, bigger outcomes of AI, which right now we already have, you know, again, being served up certain ads and offers, but this will go a, a huge step further in that direction. Okay. Now, one of the big concerns around AI, you know, for marketers is, um, of course, the the risks um, about this. You know, you've got data source quality. You know, where did the data come from? Is it you know is it you know if garbage in, garbage out, as they say, right? Uh, you've got legal risks. You have data privacy concerns. Talk about all of the um, the watchouts. You, you know, or the risks that marketers and communications should focus on with AI. Yeah, we heard that loud and clear in our survey. People are really concerned about data quality, like the, you know, where does the AI system source from, right? If that information is either incorrect, people now talk about uh, hallucin hallucinations, um, or, you know, we previously we have talked about fake news and how that influenced elections and, and so forth. And this is now supercharged with this new, you know, AI boom and 
uh, generative AI. So that's a huge concern, data quality, as well as you know, IP, um, IP regulations and data privacy, using data from from parties that you know you might not be be allowed to use. And when you produce something, who owns the IP right? And this all relates also, we saw that in the survey, to reputational risks. So when you now produce content using AI, that can, if you use fake information or you know unverified uh, information, that can really harm your reputation. And people have talked about, would you ask or ask, would you indicate that certain content has been produced using certain AI systems to, so there are still so many questions to be figured out how to appropriately use this in marketing and communications. It, did I hear you right? Did you say hallucinations, meaning AI is hallucinating? That's exactly right. So AI sometimes in generative AI comes up with content that do, that's even links that are not existing. So it's sort of made up content. So that's why in using AI, people have to really double check and verify and and triple check and know the legal landscape to not accidentally, you know, step into any any traps or get into any legal trouble. Wow, I can just see that as a disclaimer. If you don't like this data, it's please forgive us. Our AI is hallucinating. <laughs> Interesting concept. Okay, the, the final you know area that, that that you talked about in the survey is how people are learning about AI and how are they learning to use AI? What'd you find out? Yeah, that's really interesting. Currently, because it's so fast developing, it's sort of grassroots learning, right? People use their own time often. They they look for videos online, for articles. They connect with colleagues and other experts wherever they can find knowledge. And especially the junior marketers who I mentioned, they are the, the super users currently of AI. They, they are the most likely to learn AI on, on work time. But the, the people that are most likely to connect with other experts outside of their organizations are the senior marketers. So I think there is an opportunity to, for, for companies either to, to facilitate learning groups within the company where there could be some reverse mentoring where junior people that use AI more share their knowledge. Um, there could also be external opportunities, right? Just stay on top of AI developments in your industry and even beyond with external groups. And this is not the type of traditional educational program where it's all structured and you have a plan like three months in advance because it's so rapidly evolving. So it's probably more the real-time learning, more a type of collaborative knowledge exchange um, and learning on the fly. Yeah, and you know, IT used to be the key source of all of this. You know, they they governed all. Anything that was data oriented or computer oriented, and I, you know, with AI, it's, you know, it it they need to play a role, but it 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 just seems like it's still the wild wild west, and you know, people need to get comfortable with it so that they can experiment and explore lots of different unthought ways to to do things with AI. 
Yeah, certainly. And, you know, this is also a change management topic in companies, right? If the the company can also set the or send a signal by facilitating these types of learning groups by saying this is really important to us, please, you know, think about it. You know, we don't they don't put a certain, um, you know, program around it, but just to even give the opportunity for people to talk. But to your point, I think it also always requires, you know, other parties to be involved, such as the legal team, because it's so tied to all these risks and regulations and an evolving regulatory uh, landscape in AI. So it's probably, it requires more cross collaboration across the, the company. Yeah, and you know, I in a knowledge-based economy, IP is so 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 valuable, and AI is is uh, a big risk to to IP there. Yeah, for for sure, there are so many legal questions still, and now I know some uh, media companies are now saying you know they want royalties for their content to put that in the mix, which again goes to the point to have solid data. So definitely value valuable to have for AI systems, but also then when you generate uh, creative content. Who owns the IP, right? Is that you? Is it the system? Is it the people that develop the system? So uh, lots of open questions still. And who owns the mistakes? Even more. That's right. Denise Stahlhoff, thanks for joining us today. Great talking with you, Steve. And thanks to all of you for listening into CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in economics, public policy, human capital, AI, marketing, and more. Please share CEO perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, and with your favorite robots. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.